electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to save you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. OMG! Home Depot wasn't perfect. Hold the presses! Yep, when the home improvement retailer reported weaker than anticipated same-store sales this very morning, it was like the world stopped. It was like the day the earth stood still. Yeah, the whole session. Because the Dow, which includes Home Depot, lost 282 points. S&P tumbled 0.71%. NASDAQ shed 0.93%. Ugly. On a day when retail sales fell more than expected, while COVID cases continued to surge and housing affordability hit a nine-year low, we ended up with a moment nobody wanted to see, a moment where the expansion seems to be pausing, where people are reconsidering home renovation, and most disconcerting when the Fed's finally getting serious about tightening. Member of the Fed, uh, are you kidding me? Let's go over what happened today. Everything started at 6 a.m. when Home Depot reported disappointing same-store sales number. That's like-to-like stores year over year. Now, when a retailer racks up more than $40 billion in sales over the course of three months, I am very reluctant to criticize management. I'd love to argue that the market overreacted, but it didn't take long before Craig Manier, who is the Home Depot's fantastic CEO. I mean, he is sharp as a tack. Uh, he shocked us to the core right at the top of the call. With, we'll listen to this. We have seen a shift in pattern of sales within the week as our weekday sales performance has actually strengthened relative to the weekend. But he went on to say, we attributed this to consumers returning to travel and other recreation activities. In other words, there might be less demand for do-it-yourself remodeling as the world goes back to normal. Or at least that's what happened last quarter. In the end, Home Depot will be fine. Professional contractors are busier than ever, and those are the best customers. The real issue is that the consumer sure picked an awful time to go back to travel and recreation. The specter of the Delta variant is making people reconsider all sorts of fun decisions, especially their vacation plans, which means the money that was initially supposed to go to Home Depot then got shifted to travel might not get shifted to anything. 
That's right. It might not do anything. And that's going to hurt hurt a host of sectors, everything from housing to retail to travel, leisure, airspace. You get it. So Home Depot stocks looking down 15 percent, $15 so this morning, right before the big show even begins. And it just it was a specter, an, an ugly ghoul, a golem that visited the stock market. Then at 8.32 a.m., ominously, two minutes late, we find out that the U.S. retail sales were down 1.1% for July. Wow, that's a total confirmation of what Home Depot's saying. Sure, I know that Walmart, a much bigger chain, reported an amazing quarter. They didn't talk about how they've been hurt by a consumer who's happy frolicking in faraway places. They were still just spending at home at Walmart. Still, the retail sales number was not encouraging, even though Walmart is the biggest retailer. It gets worse. You know what's weakening? car sales. I think a lot of that's because we've got a car shortage. There aren't enough semiconductors to produce lots of new vehicles. Meanwhile, used car prices have gone up so much that I'm getting a fabulous deal with my 16-year-old clunker that I have to take in. Hey, but you know what? When the market's on a negative jag, nobody's willing to write something like, ooh, this is a simple supply problem. Oh, no. Today, everybody's worried about demand. Uh, cars? Not enough demand. That's false. False narrative. But it took control today. Same thing when you listen to the Home Depot Conference School. They had a lot to say about housing, and you can interpret those comments in many ways. You can argue people aren't spending as much as they were on their houses. You can say housing prices got too expensive. You can point out there's a major shortage of new homes. But all the home stocks were down. Oh, and try to sell that wrap to, uh, to the paint makers, where the price increases have been so horrendous that sales have been hurt. Same with hardware, outdoor furniture, indoor furniture. Yeah, Home Depot sales were all in those, those particular aisles. We're all down year over year. And everyone's just decided that's a demand problem. You know, you find yourself wondering, maybe the consumer isn't as healthy as we thought. We got the, all that money from the Fed, federal government, and tax credit for children. Uh-uh. Hey, you see, maybe people are petrified that the vaccines don't work as well as we'd hope, thanks to these new variants. Or maybe they live in a part of the country where most people have refused to get their shots. All we know from Home Depot's conference call is that things are worse than they seemed 24 hours ago. That's what happened. See, no big investor likes to hear that reality is worse than it seemed, especially when the chattering classes are endlessly telling us that the Fed is totally gung-ho about raising interest rates. That's the last thing we need right now. So what happens? Remember my long-term thesis? Money never leaves this casino. No one ever seems to cash out and buy themselves some nice Brioni suits or overpriced Bruno Cuccinelli cashmere sweaters. They just change tables. But they go from the consumer's red hot and going places tables, where the betting limit's about $10 million, to the consumer's ice cold and going nowhere slot machines, where you only put down a million. And that's why the winners today were stocks with no economic sensitivity. Something like Moderna can surge more than 7%, the biggest one in the S&P 500 today, because we're, we're much more likely to get Moderna's booster shots when we're all scared of losing our precious immunity before that, I don't know, football season. Same reason Pfizer jumped 3%. It's why Regeneron stock reward, thanks to its monoclonal antibody cocktail. More on that later. It's why Kroger can take off, because we know Walmart's grocery business is strong. Plus, Warren Buffett just added to his position in Kroger again. It's why Domino's can zoom, because people are staying home again, ordering delivery, especially cheaper delivery. Oh, and get this. The buyers. I mean, equipment. Campbell's. There we go again. Kellogg's, Smuckers. With a name like that, it's stock better be good. And, and that's, you know, wow. The problem with this kind of rotation, it's stupid. No, it's that lazy thinking I keep telling you about. Remember, Home Depot didn't actually miss its revenue or earnings numbers. And the same store sales only came in a tiny bit shy. And the pros are still building. It's different buying patterns. No reason to panic. 
What happens, for instance, get this, what happens if their arch rival, Lowe's, whose stock was down big today, reports tomorrow and says it had none of those problems? What if Lowe's tells you the consumer's spending harder than ever? Honestly, it wouldn't shock me because Marvin Ellison, the CEO of Lowe's, is fantastic at his job. What happens if the Federal Reserve watches our show and realizes, holy cow, why don't we just wait a couple of months, see what, how bad this Delta thing really is? The wholesale reevaluation of everything each day that I come in here is why I feel like this is a say goodbye to the tranquility market. We thought we had this smooth transition from spending on your home to spending on travel and leisure with no let up in between. Mm, now, instead, it suddenly looks like no travel, no home renovations and no car buying for that matter. Now, are things truly that dire? Listen, I think the market as a whole is catastrophizing these events. And I say that as someone who has a lot of experience blowing things out of proportion. I think you need to pick at stocks that got hit as part of the collateral damage from this new, more negative worldview. Meanwhile, the drug stocks, the real estate investment trusts, the food stuffs, they're all going to work for a couple of days. However, if we catch a break, if the Delta variant burns itself out, either because the unvaccinated get their shots or because everybody gets infected, then you're going to have to switch gears in a hurry. And my COVID seer, our own Dr. Gottlieb, who I believe serves on the board of Pfizer and Illumina, no, I know he actually does, thinks that's the case. And he is not a born optimist by any means. The bottom line. Don't get too complacent in your negativity. I am unmoved from my bullish stance, even if Home Depot just bushwhacked me with one of its two by fours that it can't sell because the price of lumber just got too darn high. Jerry in Missouri. Jerry. Jim, thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. I I really appreciate all you do for us. Thank you. I'm up for about 80% in the last 18 months in this stock. However, the one for eight reverse split and the negative comments by some analysts, including J.P. Morgan, Steve Tusa, against General Electric continue to drone on. What would you do with this one? I think that if China certifies the max, I think that if we have a couple of days where people realize, you know what, Delta's under control, you're going to say GE was, what was I thinking, selling it at 101 to 120? I need you to hold on to GE, sir. Uh, and I respect Steve Tusa a great deal. Can I go to Carl in Texas, please, Carl? Booyah. Great show. Oh, thank your you. Take, thank you very much. Your take on Simon Property Group, SPG. Right. You're dealing with David Simon. David Simon may be the toughest business person I have ever met. I mean, Unbelievably tough. And you know why he can be tough? Because he's unbelievably good. And I think the yield is good. The money's safe. And he's going to pull it off. I am a buyer of Simon Properties. Michael Inforum, please, Michael. Jim, hey, thanks for taking my call. No problem. Hey, uh, this morning you talked about the data analytics stocks. And uh, you mentioned there were a few blue chip companies in the category, but also a lot of also rands. Right. Uh, my question is about Alterix, AYX. Uh, it hit a high of 185 about a year ago, and since then has dropped 60% to around 70. Wow. And after uh, its uh, last earning announcement, a number of the investment firms came out and cut their price targets on it. Yeah. So, you know, Dan, I got to tell you, there's, I'm, I'm sorry, Mitch, that is a great company, and it has a great product, and it kind of obviates a lot of different software that's currently used. Those stocks are so out of favor right now that it doesn't matter, but it will change, and Alteryx will go back up, but you are going to have to get a little more. You can still be in the, the house of pain for a little bit longer. You know what? Why don't we go to Dan in one of my favorite states, South Dakota, Dan? Booyah, Jim Kramer. Booyah. 
I want to thank you. You've accomplished your goal. You've made me money, and my financial future is more secure because of you. So thanks again. Oh, man, you're terrific. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. My question is on GRWG. They announced their second quarter 2021 financial results on August 12th. They beat expectations and raised their guidance, and yet the stock has gotten crushed. Well, now let's be careful. They didn't beat expectations when it comes to the earnings per share, and they didn't, uh, uh, you know, they gave you a raised revenue guidance, but when the fact that they didn't blow out the quarter made people say, wait a second, this stock has gone so far, so fast, maybe the bloom is off the cannabis. Ha, ha. I think it might be. All right. Anyway, look, I stopped liking the stock in fifties. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, like, hey, all right, don't tilray me, chief. Uh, don't get too complacent in your negativity, please. I know how easy it is to become that way. I want you to use this opportunity actually to pick at stocks that got hit as collateral damage. Hey, the drug stocks will work, real estate investment trust, and the food stocks. But be, be prepared to go de- back into stocks like a GE when we get the all clear from Delta, and we will. On Man Tonight, Roblox reported last night, and after missing estimates, could this be another stumbling block on the road to winning over Wall Street? I don't know. July was great. Then today, Krispy Kreme mm, posted its first quarter since coming public for a second time. But are there any holes in the store? Um, and also, don't miss my exclusive with the company top price. And the top wholesale mortgage lender in the country, UWM Holdings, reported record mortgage origination smoked the rocket. But the margins collapsed. So could this post-earnings dip be a reason for concern or a reason to do some buying? You know what I'm going to do? I'll talk to the CEO. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com. Or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching 
ranking engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, you know, up I get I get up real early. I'm always trying to figure this stuff out, and sometimes it is just really hard to get a read on a particular query. Last night, because last time we got results from Roblox, R O B L O X. That's the online gaming platform with tens of millions of users. Many of them create their own content. In response, the stock opened down 5.9 percent this morning. Then it rebounded in the wake of the console. Actually, was up, and then ultimately the stock finished down just 1.1 percent. Not bad on a bad day. So, wasn't any good. And it's complicated. On the one hand, the headline numbers came in weekly than expected. This would clear sales and earnings shortfall. I, there's no denying that. But this is a very big but. When you take a closer look at their numbers in July, there's a lot to like. Last month, Roblox had a monthly record of 46.6 million daily average users with bookings up 20% year over year and revenue up 112%. Now, maybe this is all about the surging Delta variant. In the second quarter, we were in the middle of the great reopening. But last month, COVID made a comeback. I say, so what? Roblox is a fabulous pandemic stock. But don't take it from me. Let's check in with David Bazuki, friend of the show, founder, chairman, and CEO of Roblox, to get a better sense of the quarter and where his company's headed. Mr. Bazuki, welcome back to Mad Money. Jim, thanks for having us back. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, you're very kind, David. Now, I want to look at the two Robloxes. There's the Roblox that uh, a few months ago said, listen, we didn't have that good a month, and we just sold the quarter for that. And then there's the Roblox with key metrics July 2021, which are just staggering, staggeringly good. I like to look at current information. To me, you wouldn't have put July in if you didn't feel it was a real trend. Tell me that the July metrics uh, don't matter tremendously here. Uh, Jim, you know our value is take the long view, and we actually think Q2 is awesome as well because it's the first quarter that, remember where our community was a year ago. They were all locked down. It was April, May, June of 2020. Our heart goes out to our community and all the people who struggled through COVID. We come back in Q2 of 2021 with really amazing DAU growth numbers and amazing bookings growth. And then July, as you said, was just awesome. Okay, well, when I, when I look at what you've accomplished, I, I, I kind of start thinking, uh, maybe I don't know the right metric. I, I hit on the daily average users. Some people are saying, you know, look at the hours engaged. Now, hours engaged, 3.8 billion hours, up 22%. That's just staggering numbers. Anyone even near you? Um, Jim, our internal primary North Star metric is total engagement hours. We're trying to bring people together to learn, to play, to socialize. The pandemic was a bit of a validation that the metaverse, as you talk about as well, it's much bigger than gaming. It's a way for people to be together in all aspects of life when they can't be together in person. Now, you mentioned the word metaverse. I don't have Unity Software on here, and I right now don't have Jensen Wong. But I do have a man who has a thing called In the Heights. And In the Heights sounds like the, what the metaverse means. I want to be in the Heights. Describe it to me and describe it to the Mad Money viewers. Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of In the Heights. I mean, it's a great movie. Um, 
but a lot of fans want to participate more authentically. They want to go there with their friends. They want to walk around the neighborhood. They want to participate in a group uh, dance together. And, and that's why we're so bullish on the opportunities, both in music as well as in entertainment, and that doing something with friends is a great way to make friends, and it feels very authentic. Well, I mean, this kind of metaverse, that, that's fine for the younger people. I want to be in one that I structure or can be with my friends. I'm obviously over 13. How can I create my own metaverse of what I want to be with it, my friends? Can I do it on Roblox? Yeah, please come to Roblox, Jim. I'll give you a personal tutorial. We can hang out together. Uh, get Roblox Studio. Millions of people use it every month. It's completely free. You can make something very simple. Whatever your hobby is, Jim, we can build it together. You can publish it live, and immediately all your fans can come and visit you there. Well, I picked Roblox as part of the uh, CNBC stock contest precisely because I felt a year from now, Metaverse is what we're going to be talking about. The idea of a static video game is done. We don't know it yet, but you do because you can see the future. How would I? I mean, look, I'm not a gamer, but does that mean I can't figure out like what it's like to be in the future, my future world with my future friends? Uh, we're already getting a glimpse of the future. We have over the last 15 years, and I think there's at least 15 more exciting, fun years. You know, you've mentioned the holodeck in some of your prior discussions. You've mentioned some great ideas around shopping. We're really excited around music because side-by-side -side live performance, we can imagine metaverse concerts, right. which scale to tens of millions. So it's just if we can imagine it in real life, uh, we can imagine it in digital life. Okay, everyone always tells me when it comes to AI, we're so far behind uh, China. I'm looking at a 57% user growth in Asia Pacific. Can you really tell me that the Chinese are that far ahead of us if you've got that kind of number? We're, we're excited about countries all around the world. And what's really exciting is this is a bilateral platform. There's amazing content from global developers that is now live in China and being loved by uh, players in China. There's also awesome experiences that have come out of China that are now hitting the top 20 on Roblox. So that's it's really exciting, this bilateral network effect. Do you ever say to yourself, we're a pandemic stock, and that's why our numbers spiked in July because of Delta? Or are you just saying, listen, smooth it all out. This, the numbers are going higher. Good trajectory. We've been growing for 15 years pre-pandemic, and that growth is about bringing people together to do things together. And the pandemic showed us that in times of pandemic, people need ways to come together. But I'm optimistic and hopeful we'll be doing this for another 15 years and we'll be well past the pandemic. And once again, we reach out to our community and everyone in your audience. We hope we're through this as soon as we can. Well, look, my hope is, is that the vast majority of kids, when they come home from school, they do their homework and then they fire up Roblox with their friends rather than watching the boob tube, even though some people say I'm on it. Thank you so much to David Bazookis, the founder chairman CEO Thank of you, Roblox, Jim. and full of joy. That's why I like him. Full Thank of you. joy. Thank you, sir. Their money's back after the break. Coming up, invest the Homer Simpson way and go nuts for donuts. Kramer gets sweet for Krispy Kreme. Next. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. 
You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Can the stock of one of my absolute favorite foods, Krispy Kreme, turn its stock around? This thing is okay. It's been a not-so-great performer. Hot donut. Not-so-hot performer. Ha! Since it came public again at the beginning of July, the IPO price is 17. Climbed to 21. First day of trading. Good, all right? Uh, but then the stock closed at just uh, $14. Just for 14 uh, today. However, when Krispy Kreme reported after the close, they delivered a pretty solid quarter. We're talking better than expected sales net income numbers, even though the actual earnings per share missed by a penny of the consensus. But more importantly, and this is really what matters, people, management gave you a strong full year forecast with some very bullish long term financial goals. Best of all, they announced a small dividend and plans to pay down debt, which, uh, to, look, there's a lot of because it was a private equity backed IPO. Is that enough to get this stock moving in the right direction? Let's dig deeper with Mike Tattersfield. He's the president and CEO of Krispy Kreme. To learn more about the quarter and what he sees going forward, Mr. Tattersfield, welcome to Mad Money. Hey, welcome. Thank you, Jim. Really appreciate it. Thanks right. for having us on. Absolutely. Mike, I'm going to cut right to the chase. You got a terrific release, but right at the end, you got financial outlook, organic revenue growth of 10 to 12 percent, you're predicting. All right, Mike, that's a pretty aggressive goal. Uh, how, how do you have that level of surety? Uh, if you think about it, what we've done over the first off, I'd like to just say thanks to all the Krispy Kremers for this incredible Q2. Um, uh, it's one of the best in uh, Krispy Kreme's history, which is 84 years old. We did that because we actually focused on uh, really two transformative uh, pieces that really changed the business. One is we're truly global. Um, uh, we now own six countries in the majority and 85% also of the U.S. And then the second big transformation was uh, really evolving to an omni-channel model, which is really leveraging those amazing hot light theater shops that you know and love. Um, including the one in uh, New York City, our flagship shop. And then um, from there, you know, following where the customer is and making sure it's fresh donut delivery to wherever they are, whether that's an urban uh, location and a fresh shop or the primary growth driver, which will be in the wholesale and convenience chain. So we get um, uh, cabinets in there and as well as unlocking e-commerce. So it's a very transformative play from where the business was. All right. So, Mike, I got to tell you that in my book, Confession Street Act, I say, if you want a job with me, you come, you meet me at 4 a.m. And what do you bring? A box of Krispy Kremes, because that's how I know you mean it. Now, that got easier and easier as Krispy Kreme put up too many outlets everywhere in New York City. Have you figured out, because I like this hub and spoke approach, how not to overwhelm an area and go back to that great scarcity that we loved about Krispy Kreme? So, so that's what's uniquely different, right? So we only have, if you think about it, in the globe, there's less than 400 hot light shops. Think of the opportunity to grow. But it's not about building hot light shops everywhere. 
It's about providing access to the fresh donut to where the customers are. And the biggest driver of growth is going to be that uh, DFD or Delivered Fresh Daily Cabinets. And in our past, we did have a wholesale business, but the donuts weren't fresh. Right. So one of the first things I did with the team is, uh, how about we do what Krispy Kreme does really well and just do freaking awesome donuts, make sure they're fresh. Today, every donut that's delivered, um, uh, whether it starts from a hot light shop, because that's where we keep them, um, uh, or we love our theater shops, and then as we move that donut to where the customer is, it's fresh every time, sometimes multiple times a day. Well, that's what we want. Now, Mike, while you were talking about freshness, I started thinking, OK, I don't want to pay for a donut. I just don't feel like paying for a donut this year. I've got right now my New York State Excelsior Pass wallet. If I show this, do I have to pay for a Krispy Kreme? I am darn proud that I'm vaccinated. And you are probably the most aggressive business person I know in trying to get people to save their lives with vaccination. How's that going? It's great. I'm, uh, you know, as, as folks come in, one of the things Krispy Kreme prides itself is always a uh, you know, can we touch and enhance the lives of others through the joy of Krispy Kreme? I can't make vaccines, but uh, I can give someone a little joy if they wanted to come by the shop, if they took the vaccine, and then they can get a donut today, tomorrow, to the end of the year. So it's uh, just to give an idea, we've given away over 3 million uh, donuts. Last year, we did a whole bunch of uh, donut giveaways because uh, the world needed it. And so we gave 30 million donuts last year, uh, whether it was healthcare, first responders, and that's intuitive and part of our brand. So it's a fundamental. Right, but I and yes, you, you can continue to come by any day you want. You get you show your card. You get I, I, you I've been trying to lose weight. You'll kill me. Now, let me ask you something. Has there been any pushback in any part of this country that you are actually rewarding people for va- being vaccinated? No, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, people are going to choose to take a, a sweet treat. Right. So people do look for a sweet treat break. And if they're going to use a donut, come on by to Krispy Kreme. All right. Now, you got the well, You still have some of the uh, J.B. steak. Uh, what happens with that? I mean, I don't want people to go buy the stock and then the next day J.B. jumps a huge amount and they pay too high. No, they're a long term uh, holder. They've been um, with me. I've been with them for over getting close to 10 years. Um, I was in Caribou Coffee once in my past and they acquired um, uh, they love this business. They see the global potential. They're an investor. Um, uh, there's a lot to grow. Um, uh, you think about it, we're just in 30 countries. Uh, it works. Our model from that theater shop and the points of access and making sure you can get the fresh donuts to where customers are. We've proven it in multi-continent. And now it's really about the discipline of growing, um, uh, not just in um, the U.S., where we have plenty of opportunity because we now actually run 48 of the top 50 markets so we can expand that point of access, but also really open up new countries. And so they see that growth potential. We as management love the opportunity in front of us. You know, my team has been owners since uh, day one when they joined five years ago with me. So we love what we're doing every day. It's donuts. Come on, Jim. There's there's nothing better to do that. You're right to love what you're doing. You know, I'm on record loving them, but I'm trying to figure out 48 to 50. Morgan, how are you finding employees? I mean, everyone tells me there's nobody around. Um, um, What's really interesting is, um, you know, when the pandemic came in, because the cultures of company matter, right? And in all the uh, company-owned shops around the world, we didn't furlough anybody, right? We've solved how to run the company safely in this environment, particularly just to give you an idea, the U.S. had its best year ever, right? Doing things safely, really solving the omni-channel model. 
that matters to an employee base. We're able to still attract. We compete for some uh-huh. of the best talent. Uh, we'll do that. But it's the opportunity of the multi-channel. So we can recruit drivers. We can recruit donut makers. We can recruit frontline folks. There's a big growth path in here, and it's very attractive to what I call Krispy Kremers. Those are folks who work at Krispy Kreme. But the people you have to promote, the additional cost of you promoting someone, the additional opening cost, and the commodity cost, they can overwhelm a lot of guys in your position, Mike. Yeah, you know, we, when, we, when we look at um, how we're thinking about we're hedged from product. As you can imagine, things of, uh, have costs have gone up. Um, uh, in fact, we've been hedged on that. It's, you know, there is some cost increase going on in edible oils. But again, we'll be looking at the growth opportunity. We've got that budgeted. We're thinking about how that's going to grow. And when you think about the 10 to 12 percent. So here's something I th- have you think about. All right. If we're theater shops and there's just 400 and the real growth story is going to be, you know, the 6,000 new points of access in the 30 countries, including the U.S., and we're going to build them in 800 to 1,000 points of access on a yearly basis. You can see it's a very transformative model, not just your typical franchisor, franchisee donut shop. Right. So we're really trying to drive a, I'd call it more of a hybrid CPG model with experiential, amazing theater shops where you can turn the hot light on and you know that's going to really elicit customers to come on by or watch the new glazers or flavors. We can be very innovative. And then on top of that, as you think about points of access, e-commerce and digital is a huge play, right? right. So we launched that in um, 2020. I'm okay. not fortunate for us, but, uh, it, you know, it's as of uh, June 30th, it's about 19% of our sales. Okay. So it does track with what the consumer is looking for. All right. Well, look, Mike, you know, I, I thought what you did with vaccines was phenomenal. I love those growth forecasts. And I love your, me- your original fired up nature mike tatterfield president ceo of hey, Krispy Kreme donut and thank you for all my Krispy creamers that do a great job every day appreciate right. it it's good that you thank them they are your clients mad money is back after the break coming up home is where the heart is but is this mortgage stock giving investors unwanted palpitations kramer sets the record straight with uwm holdings next All right, what the heck is happening in this wholesale mortgage business, which you know can be very tough? A few months ago, the entire industry predicted that mortgage originations would decline this quarter. But UWM Holdings, the largest wholesale mortgage lender in the country, promised it would keep growing volumes. Now, though, it, it's looking like they kept the promise a little too well. Not all growth may be good growth. Yesterday morning, UWM reported what I regard as a perplexing quarter. While their closed loan volume was up 90% year over year and 20% versus the previous quarter, which is extraordinary, their margins collapsed, which is not extraordinary. The company's total gain, total gain margin, excuse me, basically what they keep after selling a mortgage they originated, came in at just 0.81. That's at the low end of management's guidance and down huge from 2.19% last quarter. So in response, what happened? The stock tumbled 5% yesterday and lost another 2% today. At these levels, it sells for just over 10 times earnings, 5.5% yield. But if the margins keep shrinking, well, could these numbers end up being too optimistic? Let's take a closer look with Matt Ishbia. He's the chairman and CEO of UWM Holdings to get a better read on the quarter. Mr. Ishbia, welcome back to Mad Money. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me. 
All right, so Matt, I, I'm kind of, first I want to give you your due. You came on and you made promises. They seemed bold that you could uh, raise the numbers, that you could actually have more and more volume, and you did it. So congratulations and tell us how you did that. Yeah, no, thanks. It's, you know, a team effort. You know, we talked about it that a lot of our competitors, almost everyone guided to do less business in Q2. And we said we're going to do more and we exceeded those numbers. It's really tied to our business model with brokers and doing more purchase business because that's really the key in a rising rate environment. And that's what we saw in the second quarter. All right. But now margins are coming down in a hurry. And you and I both know that the stock market itself, maybe does it overvalue uh, decline in margins? In other words, does it look at it and say, let's forget every other metric. What matters is the margins go down. So let's sell United Wholesale Mortgage. No, I don't, I don't think so. You know, I don't really understand why people focus so much on that. We control the margins. The margins didn't collapse. I control the margins. I dropped the margins to focus on putting a lot of pressure on my competitors, which we did successfully. The top mortgage lender, Rocket, went down 20%. We went up 21%. Everyone's margins compressed. We knew this would happen. We controlled this. And so we have complete control and command of the business. We're excited about that. We can do loans cheaper. Our cost originated is lower than everyone because of our technology. And so I can play this game all day. We made hundreds of millions of dollars in the quarter. I look at it as a, a monstrous win across the board. And then the doubling the purchase business, the biggest purchase quarter of all time. I mean, we're excited about the quarter. And so some people don't understand that. They'll figure it out over quarter after quarter of me telling them how it's going to go and, and delivering like I did when I told you. Okay, so Matt, you're a basketball player. You were uh, on the uh, national championship team, Michigan State. So you know John Wooden. You know his thinking. John Wooden always said, I don't care about the other team. Even when they were up against no matter what team they played, as Bill Walton said in his great autobiography, John Wood did not want to hear about the other team. Matt, you referenced the other team multiple times in your conference call. You talked about Rocket. Why do that? You know, so we're, we're competing with Rocket along with other great companies. I'm not afraid to mention who we're competing with. They're a great company along with other great companies. I look at it as a positive thing. I'm, we're trying to be the best version of UWM every day, serve consumers, serve mortgage brokers, and dominate the market. And you know how we're going to do that? We're going to continue to take market share and grow. And you know how, how it works? There's only a pie so big in our business. And so for, other, for us to win, others are going to come down. And that's what you saw in the second quarter, a major market share gain by UWM and the other three, four, five public companies that you follow all went down. And so yeah. we're competing. We're trying but, to win. We're not, but, you know. But Rocket's you know, making more per customer. I'm going to belabor, I'm going to belabor this for a second. Rocket is making more per customer. Now, you're wholesale, but they've got a pretty interesting model, Matt. You know where they're doing solar loans now, car loans. You know that. You like those ancillary loans. Is there ancillary business that you can do that will make it so if the margins get hurt in one business, they can explode in another? Yeah, so I control the margins once again. And so Rocket, you want to look at those guys, their solar, all this. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors, to be honest with you. The reality is this. They make their money in mortgage just like we do. And they do a heck of a job. They made a lot of money just like we made a lot of money. And that's great for the industry. The key is who's going to win when rates go up? Rates went up 19 basis points, a very small rate. And everyone you know, thought the mortgage rate fell apart, but we still grew. Wait till rates go from 2.99 to 35 or 4% next year. And we're going to grow. We're going to dominate in the mortgage space because we dominate and purchase. And purchase is the only part of mortgage that is not well. rate sensitive. And right. that's the key to win. Okay, so Matt, let, let's, I want to look at it another way. You have a war of attrition going on, but the other guys have a lot of capital too. So nobody gets wiped out. So it's kind of like a mutual assured destruction. Why should I own United Wholesale Mortgage when I can own Wells Fargo? 
Well, if you're going to own a mortgage company, we're the elite mortgage company. You want to own okay. UWM. If you don't want to be in the mortgage space, that's your own decision. But what I always talk about is we're less cyclical. So when rates drop, other people might look better. When rates go up, we're going to look better. And so the way I think about it is if you want to have a long hold in mortgage, and by the way, we have a dividend too, you're going to, have, you're going to make a great yield and be with a great company that's going to constantly tell you how it's going to go and constantly focus on winning and doing right by consumers. Okay, but Matt, who, who of your shareholders is saying there's not enough liquidity? You got 3 million shares been trading every day. Come on. Just be in there. and You bought back 2, you bought back two million shares. Why don't you shrink that float and really show people the firepower you have? Yeah, we, we bought a lot of shares, over 2 million shares already. And hey, listen, I promised the shareholders we'd watch the float because I don't understand this game like you guys do on float. But I they understand. Said, hey, you're, listen, not, Matt, you're not buying we- enough stock back. I'm just telling you. I used to trade these stocks for a living. You're not buying enough stock back. Whatever shareholders complaining, you should tell them to call me because they're wrong. All right, so you say buy more stock because get, guess what? At seven or eight dollars, yes. I'm getting five, six percent yield. That's be- that's better than getting debt on the company. I, it's a better use of capital than other things. And so well, I'm looking at it very hard. Your shareholders are complaining that are wrong. They don't understand the market as well as I do. That's my job. Your job is to dominate the mortgage market. My job is to know stocks. Your shareholders are complaining are wrong. You should be buying back stock because it was a good quarter. All right. And we're going to leave it at that. OK, because you're a competitor. Absolutely. I'm a competitor, and we're gonna, we'll continue to buy it. We, I have the authorization to buy up to $300 million right. in stock, and so I'll take advantage of it. I'm just conscious of the float, so I'm, I'm trusting you, Jim, on this one. You tell me I'm good. Let's do it. I'm good. You're good. Let's do it. That's <laughs> Matt Ishbia, UWM Holdings Chairman and CEO, a fired-up man who wants to dominate and is, but he's got to make more money in order to please Wall Street. Man, money's back after the break. Just chill out. Is this Chill Master Jay? The chill man is in the house. He's happy. The lightning round is coming up when Mad Money returns. It is time! It's time for the lightning round! And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Steve? It's time for the lightning round. I'm going to start with... Brian in North Carolina. Brian! Jimmy Chill. Yeah. We're checking. <laughs> hey, got a question for you. It's on Star Surgical. S-T-A-A. I like Star Surgical. That's the kind of stock that is really working here and has been working for a very long time. I don't understand why they're not bought by someone. Visual implants, very specialized business. They do a great job. Let's go to Malav in South Carolina. Malav. Booyah, Mr. Kramer. Firstly, I would like to thank you for all your advice. And oh, secondly, thank you. I have a position in digital turbine stock ticker apps. Uh, it's down 25% since reporting last week. Do I sell, hold, well, or buy more? It's just a content development bill. There's just, I, I hate to tell you a lot, but there's just too many companies in this business. Many of them have come public now via SPAC or whatever. There's just a plethora. It's a fire hose. you got to stay away. I need to go to Angel, please, in California. Angel. Booyah! Booyah! Um, I'm calling about a stock IEA infrastructure alternative. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, can, can we just buy Tesla? Tesla's down. They do renewable energy, the solar energy, and the car. I mean, the companies, the stock seems to go down a great deal. Buy some now, and buy some if it goes down another, say, five uh, percent. Let's go to Cody in South Carolina. Cody. Hey, buddy. How are you? Real good. How about you? I'm hanging in there. Hey, wanted to ask you a question. So with the growing focus on sustainability and reducing and eliminating plastic waste, 
What are you thinking about denim or scientific? And they're no, no, we're going to solve this thing is going to be solved by companies like a uh, 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 an Eastman Chemical. It's not going to be solved by these little guys because you need scale, and that's my take. I need to go to Andy in, in Alabama. Andy, Jim, booyah, booyah. Long-time listener, lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan. Well, there you go. Um, go Birds! <laughs> I love it. Hey, how about AMZN? At Did you know left? that AMZN oh. is down for the year? Now, do we run from a stock that's down for the year that has a really hideous chart? Or do we just say, you know what? We're going to ride it out. My travel trust is choosing to ride it out. I think you should join me on the ride, and it's not to the apocalypse. Let's go to Joe in Kansas. Joe. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Joe. Hey, first-time caller, Action Alert, Action Alert Plus member. Thank you, club member. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. Calling about uh, the stock Weed Maps. Just uh, announced what seems like a solid second quarter, but stock's under pressure. we got to take stuff. a break from the, from the cannabis stocks for a few. It, we are over. We are, we've had too many edibles. That's what it is. We've had too many edibles. We've had that grow chocolate. We've had the Satan, the Lord. I'd stay away right now. Let's go to Nina in Louisiana. Nina. Louisiana booyah, Jim. All right. I'm going to have a teacher who has really learned and benefited greatly from listening to your show oh, and to you. your Action Alerts advisory. Oh, thank you. I want you. to thank you for those. Thank you. Uh, I also listen to the Squaw Foxes every morning. Dynamite. Get a lot out of that. Bex, Joe, I'm calling about Andy. School bus company. Hello? Joe <laughs> Oh, I like the guy. I like the cast of characters there. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm calling about a school bus company in Canada that's supposed to be expanding into the U.S. pretty soon. Lion Electric symbol. Okay, now I, I, you know, there's a lot of these out there. Lion is one of my favorites, but that does not mean it's going to go up. It just means it's one of my favorites in that cohort. And thank you, Miss Kymworth. And that, ladies and good other. Lightning Round! The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Hunt, Hunt, Hike. Make sense of the day's most critical market machinations in no time flat. Stick with Kramer for a special no huddle next. Not long ago, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, crushed the numbers from Norwegian Cruise Line holdings when he tried to bar them from excluding passengers who hadn't been vaccinated. CEO Frank Del Rio had to take it to the federal courts. Given that cruises were early hotbeds of the coronavirus, I thought Frank was well within his rights to insist that everybody get their shots before they leave. Hey, come on, you can't live in a college dormitory without getting a meningitis shot. Why should you be able to take a cruise without uh, the COVID vaccine? Del Rio wanted a temporary restraining order that slapped DeSantis down hard. It was a real smackdown The question the governor's entire value system. Now, though, the governor of Florida is taking the opposite approach when it comes to the great company Regeneron, where I would argue that he's furiously raising numbers. I mean, that's the only way I can view his press conference yesterday, where he opened a site in Orlando called the Regeneron Clinic. He's made it so you don't even need a prescription for Regeneron's monoclonal antibody treatment in the state of Florida. That's the one that President Trump got last fall. You were sick, get better immediately. The Orlando site at the Camping World Stadium will be open seven days a week, and DeSantis plans to open more sites statewide. That is huge because you can't, you can take the Regeneron cocktail as soon as you get sick. 
When the governor announced the plan, he was with the head of Florida's Agency for Healthcare Administration, Simone Marstiller, whose daughter had just contracted COVID and had a 105 degree fever. Then she went on the Regeneron drip, and by the next morning, her fever dropped to 99.6. Nothing like personal experience to get an initiative going, huh? Why do I care so much about this? Because I think the FDA and the CDC have entirely dropped the ball when it comes to this Regeneron cocktail. They've been hesitant to embrace it. But if the states do it, then Regeneron can sell the two million doses that they're kind of sitting on, being a huge windfall. Of all the governors, I salute DeSantis for saying to the FDA and the CDC, this drug is too important to waste. Wake up, government! Our government bet everything on getting that people vaccinated. But now that we didn't have reached that we didn't reach herd immunity fast enough, we've got another huge outbreak. We need to go back to oh, treatments and testing. And that's the same reason to like Abbott Labs. Not long ago, we were hearing that Abbott Labs in-home test at Binex now was too late because COVID was about to be solved. So they missed the quarter and missed the market. Fast forward a couple months and what did we learn? Well, we got so many anti-vaxxers in this country that they've kept the pandemic alive. And now we've got new variants with a decent chance of breaking through the vaccines from Pfizer and to a lesser extent, Moderna. You know what that means? Testing, testing, testing. I just bought a ton of the Binaxes they held it, had it at a Rite Aid this weekend. I felt bad about taking so many, but we had 10 people staying over. And I wanted everybody to test it. We're planning to have a party in October. You're not invited. And we're going to give people Binax tests before they can participate, particularly in our pumpkin catapult. Something I thought of. Anyway, this Binax is now the hottest product on the market. Just as Abbott had to pre-announce how poorly Binax was doing earlier, sometimes I wonder if they have to pre-announce to the upside now that it's doing so well. Yep, the tables have turned. The fortunes restored for Regeneron and Abbott Labs. Their stocks have been up all along with all the other slowdown winners. Now they have another kicker, and I think they still got higher to go. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise I'll try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.